You know, last week I asked, I said, hey, how many of you have began Christmas shopping? And like, no one is raising their hand. And then we got to the point of who hasn't begun Christmas shopping, and like everyone raised their hand, including my wife. So today we're 13 days away from Christmas. Is it sneaking up on anybody yet? Only 13 days away. Did y'all finish your Christmas shopping in the last week? We got some yeses. We got some. Did anyone still not start their Christmas shopping? Oh, wow. We still got people who haven't started. You better watch out, you know, with, with the shipping issues. It may not be here on time. And then you got to watch Amazon. You know, I bought stuff on Amazon because it comes in these nice Amazon boxes with a smile on the side. So I bought a couple Christmas gifts. Lo and behold, they arrived at the house when I wasn't there. And they came in the master case box. So Patty knows exactly what she got for Christmas because it came in the original box. So that didn't help me any. But, you know, I remember as a kid, remember anticipating Christmas as a kid? You couldn't wait for it to get here, and it seemed like the days just took forever. It's like Christmas never came, and, and you'd see the tree up, and presents would start to go under the tree. So what would you do? You'd start shaking them, trying to figure out what your present was. Am I right, young men back there, trying to figure out what the presents are under the tree? I remember that. Young ladies, are you guys doing that? Did y'all figure them out yet? Oh, see, yeah. But I remember doing that as a kid, trying to figure out what was under the tree. And lo and behold, later in the years, I found out my mom used to just wrap empty boxes. So I'd be like, man, this box is really light because it had nothing but air in it. You know, and as I was anticipating trying to figure it out, my mom was one step ahead of me. But I think it's interesting that, you know, we look and it, it kind of, Christmas sneaks up on us as we get older. You know, it's kind of like, wow, it's 13 days away. Next week, we're going to be, wow, Christmas is like in six days. And then Christmas is going to pass, and all of a sudden, we're going to be like, man, Christmas is gone. And then it's going to be here about like that again. And it's crazy how quick, you, you think of just over the last year, how quick Christmas has came again. It seems like it was just here. Now, as a kid, it took forever. And, and today, as we continue this series of Heaven and Nature Sing, I want us to consider that God has been planning Christmas for a long time. God planned Christmas for a long time before it ever got here. And I think he planned it for a very serious reason. And that's what we're going to be looking into today. And like last week, we started out with Mary's song, The Magnificent. You know, and it was all about magnifying God. And that's exactly what she did in her song. And now today we're going to be looking at Zachariah's song. And Zachariah's song is called the Benedictus, and it means praise be. Now remember, Mary sang her song after, her, after Elizabeth told her that she, would be, that she was carrying the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And now today we'll be looking at Zachariah. And of course, Zachariah is Elizabeth's husband. Um, he's got an interesting story, and they were told back in, you know, they, they were in their golden years that they were going to have a baby. And that their baby, they would name John. And he would become John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ. And of course, you know, his story is very interesting. And if you look to Zechariah's story, you don't have to go far. Get to Luke chapter 1. And it starts in verse 5. 
It's at the very beginning of the book of Luke. And it goes on and it tells you that Zechariah, he was a priest. He'd been chosen to go do the offering in the temple, which was like this once-in-a-lifetime deal. And while he was in there, he met, the, he met an angel. Kind of scared the wits out of him a little bit when he kind of come to his senses. The angel told him, you and your wife will have a son, and you will name him John. So now, of course, you know, like Zachariah, like a lot of us, we had that doubt. Come on, really? I'm old. Me and my wife are old. We're not going to have any kids. You must be talking about somebody else. Well, how many times in our own life do we doubt something when we see the movement of God and we're, well, I, I see what God's doing, but I want to do my thing. Well, because of his doubt, Zachariah's voice was taken from him. And the entire time that Elizabeth was pregnant, until the birth of the baby, Zechariah couldn't talk. He couldn't talk at all. And once the baby was born, he was actually able to finally talk. And what had happened is the baby was born and, and all the members of the neighborhood and the family were at the house. And according to tradition, they were assuming the son's name would be Zechariah. And of course, Zechariah still couldn't talk, so they said, what is the name of the child? And he wrote down, his name is John. And as soon as he wrote it, he got his voice back. And the first words out of his mouth are the scripture that we're going to be looking at today, which is Zechariah's song. So if you have your Bible with you, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 79. And one of the things I want us to really look at today is that Christ came to bring light into this dark and lost world. And we're going to see it through this song of Zechariah and through the scripture today. So like I said, if you have your Bible, Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 79. And if you don't have a Bible with you, the words will be up on the screen. And if you joined us for church online, as always, thank you for being here with us. We appreciate you joining us uh, during this Christmas time. Um, words will be on the screen for you, but also just a reminder, if you're joining us for church online, you know, it's great if you just couldn't be here this week, but if you're someplace else, not within the town of Lantana or Lake Worth or Palm Beach, don't let this get away from you being connected to a local church. You know, make sure you get connected to a local church someplace where you can work on your relationship with Jesus and your relationship with others. As much as we appreciate you joining us, don't lose that connection with the local church. So with that being said and done, let's go ahead and read and see what God's word says. So Zechariah's prophecy or Zechariah's song. It says, Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. He has dealt mercifully with our fathers and remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father, Abraham. He has given us the privilege, since we have been rescued from the hand of our enemies, to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness, in the presence of all our days. 
And you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord and prepare His way to give His people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from our on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, we ask that you open up our hearts that we may receive what it is you want us to receive. Open our ears that we may hear your voice. And may my words be yours. And may your name be glorified through it all. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we look at this scripture, I think one of the things we need to look at is that Zechariah's praise to God is relatable to us. It's relatable for us. Um, because as Christians, our hopes and our dreams in this life, um, we know we're radically changed by God. God has radically changed each of our lives as one way or another, being Christians. And I've got two closely related thoughts in today's scripture I want to share with you. And the first is I think God always had Christmas on his mind. I think he's always had Christmas on his mind. <clears throat> and you ask, you know, well, Pastor, why do you believe this? And when I look at last week, we looked at Mary's song. And even with Zachariah's song today, both of them are filled with Old Testament uh, Scripture. They both revert back to other Old Testament Scripture. And, you know, understand, you know, that, that was their Bible. That's what they had at the time. And they revert, reverted back to what they've read and what they've learned. And you think about Zechariah. Zechariah couldn't speak for nine months. He was a priest, so he knew God's Word. And without being able to speak for nine months, I'm sure he really dug more into God's word on, you know, I can't speak what's going on. So I'm sure he dug in that much more. Both him and Elizabeth were followers, uh, devout in what they, de devout believers. And they both knew the scriptures through and through because they both came from the tribe of Levi. So they both were priests or come from priestly families. And, you know, the, some of the Benedictus is about Zachariah and Elizabeth's son. Some of it is about John, but most of it's about Jesus himself. It's about the Messiah and the coming of the Messiah and how the Savior is going to be born. And I think when you look at the very beginning of verses 69 through 70, it actually says, he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He can only, Zechariah can only be talking about the Messiah or Jesus at this point in time. Remember, there's over 300 Old Testament prophecies that led to Jesus being the Messiah. And that each one of those prophecies were fulfilled. And here, Zechariah names one. He says that the, he repeats that the Messiah is going to come from the tribe of Judah. So we know he can't be talking about John, his own son, because both he and Elizabeth are from the priestly tribe of Levi. And for it to come up within the horn in the house of a servant of David, it would have to be from the tribe of Judah, which is exactly where Jesus comes from. So you can see he's pointing to the Messiah. And I think it's also interesting at the end of it, he said, just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times. See, God planned Jesus' arrival a long time ago. 
He planned for this survival a long time before his actual arrival. And you look at it and you say, okay, well, how far back did he actually do this? Well, we know verse 73 tells us that he, Jesus is coming. is going to be the fulfillment of the oath sworn to Father Abraham. So we know it goes at least back to Abraham. Because remember, Abraham in chapter 15 of Genesis, God promised Abraham that he would make his name great. That he would make him into a nation of Christ, of people of God. And they would be more numerous than the stars. So way back then, you know, and, and kind of Abraham and Sarah were in the same predicament as Zachariah and Elizabeth. They were old in age. And they even doubted God at the same time. When the angels came and said, you will give birth to a son. Like, yeah, really? You realize how old we are? You know, and we all know where that story ends up going. But the doubt was still there but God still used them. And we still see that promise today. But I wonder, is that when God really brought about Christmas and thought about Christmas? So I said, let's go back a little bit more. I think ever since there's been sin in the world, we've needed a savior. So if that's the case, we got to go back to Adam and Eve. Y'all remember Adam and Eve, right? Very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter three. And at the very beginning, Adam and Eve brought sin into this world. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God actually says this. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. So the third chapter of the Bible, almost the very, some of the first, second pages in the Bible, God promises that Jesus is coming. And that he's going to crush the head of Satan. But actually, I think he goes farther back than that. I think it goes back to before the actual creation of the world. That God had Christmas on his mind. And if you think about what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 20, he says this. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for you. So God chose Jesus to be the lamb, that perfect sacrifice for our sins, and did it before the creation of the world. So he thought about Christmas way back then. And you know, that's, that's some advanced planning. And, and I've been told, you know, people will come in my office and they look and they see this whiteboard that has stuff on it all the way to like June of next year. And they're like, really? And then like, I'll turn around and I'll print out, print out for Alfredo. Here's my next six months preaching schedule. And we were talking just a couple weeks ago, and I was already talking about like Easter of next year. And Alfredo's like, you can't talk about Easter. We're not through Christmas yet. But see, we serve a God of order. So if we serve a God of order, we should have some order to our own life, and we should plan accordingly. But unfortunately, when I got to thinking about this, I got to thinking about an old Christmas memory when I planned ahead of time. And what had happened is it was around May, and my son wanted this video game. 
So his birthday happened to be in May. So I said, hey, you know what? If I get this video game, I can give this one to him for his birthday. And he wants this one. So since I'm here, I'll get his Christmas present. I'm going to be way ahead of the ball game. So I turned around and I bought the two video games and I gave him one for his birthday and I kind of hid the other one away. Well, years later, I was going through some boxes and, and I found this video game. And I looked at it and I started chuckling. I was like, wow. And it really hit me. I had plans so far ahead and I hid it so that he couldn't find it that I actually bought it for him when he was in high school. I found it when he was in his mid-20s. Needless to say, I still have the video game because somewhere along the line, I bought it for him anyways and probably, oh, well, I forgot I got it for him or maybe, you know, that's what happens. So I ended up keeping it. But, you know, that plan in the head really didn't work. But I couldn't help but chuckling saying, wow. And looking at this God planned Christmas so far ahead, and it was perfect timing. I tried to plan ahead for Christmas, and I found the present like, you know, eight years later because my plan didn't work out. But we know God's plan is always going to work out. He's always going to be ahead of this ball game, and he knows what's going to happen. And I think he's always had Christmas in mind. And I think there's another truth that goes with this. God has always had you on his mind also. It wasn't just Christmas. He had you on his mind. Yes, Jesus is the reason for the season, but the reason for the reason is you. Let me say that again. Jesus is the reason for the season, but the reason for the reason is you. Despite how stubborn we can be, despite our selfishness, despite how honorary we can get, God still loves us. He still loves you despite who you are and what you do. He still loves you. And someone once said, you can never make God love you more than what he already does. And God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't make him love you any more than he already does. And Lord knows we try and make him unlove us through our life that we live, but God loves you. He loves you despite how you mess up. He loves us despite it. We are the reason for the reason of the season because of us. And I think God really spells this out for us in verses 77 through 79 when he says this. To give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. These verses contain rich words from the Old Testament. It's filled with it, and we see that his forerunner, John the Baptist, is going to give us the knowledge of salvation. So know and repent of your sins. Repent and be baptized. John was at, John and other spokespeople for God explained that salvation comes through the forgiveness of sins. Through the forgiveness of our sins. And, and there's no other way to get to God except through Jesus. Period. There's no other way to get there. And, and that forgiveness from Christ came on that cross. 
that came on the cross at Calvary to give us that forgiveness, and all because of the tender mercies of our God. All because of the tender mercies of our God. I think it's interesting here, in, in this verse, in the Christian Standard Bible, it actually says, um, says the dawn. But I like the way the NIV says it. The NIV says the rising sun. The King James Version says day spring. And although these are rich te Old Testament words for the Messiah, I really like the rising sun. You know, being born and raised in, in South Florida, I grew up watching the sunrise. And there's something about sitting on the beach before the sun rises and you start to get the yellows and the oranges in the sky before the sun ever gets there. And then this, the sky turns this deep orange, you know, like a fresh egg yolk, fresh farm egg yolk. It's that bright, bright orange. And, and as the sun keeps coming up, it gets brighter and brighter to the point that it's so, so glorious that you can't look at it. That's what it's going to be like when we meet Jesus. His glory is going to be so bright, we're going to have a hard time looking at it. We're not going to be able to look at it. When we get to heaven, we're all going to have holy suntans. And we're not going to have to worry about skin cancer. Because the glory of God's going to be that bright. Think about it. When Moses, God passed by Moses, he had to wear a veil because of the brightness on his face. That's what it's going to be like when we get to meet Jesus. The glory of God is going to surround each and every one of us. And I just love the way they say the rising sun or, or the, the day spring. His glory is going to blind us and what a day that's going to be. I think it's interesting, the very end of verse 79, it says this. It shines on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. To guide us into the way of peace. So Christ came to bring light into a dark and lost world. That's what he came to do. He came to bring that light into this dark world. Christmas is all about light coming into this dark world. That's the reason for the season. That's why he came. He came for us. He came for us as messed up and jacked up as we are because he loved us. And he still loves us today. Jesus guides us into this peaceful relationship with God and with others to make the world right. Because that's what we're called to do. Christmas is all about Christ and Jesus is all about you. It's all about you and what you do. It's all about coming to you and offering you that free gift of salvation. Showing you love when you think you don't deserve it because he loves you no matter what. To be light into this dark world, each one of us is called to be the light. We're called to shine the light of Christ into this dark world. And maybe you're here today and you're, you don't know Jesus. You haven't taken that obedient step to go forward and accept him as your personal Lord and Savior and know that he came to save you. He came for you. You are the reason for the reason for the season. And if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I encourage you during our final song, come up front. 
Come up front, I'll be standing off to the side. And we'll talk about it and we'll say that prayer of salvation together. And you can join our messed up, jacked up family. Because we are messed up and we're jacked up because God's word even says we're all sinners and we fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us, including me, we fall short. But it says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the easy part. The hard part is after you do that, going out there into that dark world and that lifestyle that you were in and the friends or the family that you were around and becoming that light. See, that's where so many of us fail is we're not light in the darkness. We let the darkness envelop us and we don't shine Jesus' light. We allow other things to get into our life and stop us from being what he called us to be. And if that's what you're going through right now, you've got that darkness and you're not shining light, maybe you need to come up front and say, Lord, show me to be your light. He came to show his light in a dark world. We should be a beacon that people come to during times of trouble and hardship. Are you being the light that he's called you to be? And if not, I encourage you, come up front. Come up front, pray about it. Ms. Valerie, Ms. Maureen will be up here. They'll be more than happy to pray with you. And if you haven't accepted Jesus, I encourage you to make that move. Heavenly Father, I raise up this congregation to you, Lord. Whether they're here in this room or watching us, join us with church online. Lord, I ask if they don't know you, that they will make that bold step. Lord, that they will make that step to accept you as their Lord and Savior. Because, Lord, we know you are the reason for the season and we're the reason for the reason. So, Lord, I ask you to make that move. ask you to send your Holy Spirit to touch them and bring them forward to accept you today. Because today is the day of salvation. And, Lord, for anyone not being a light in this dark world, I ask you to move them to come up. Well, Lord, that they'll do it right where they're at, that they'll seek you so that they can be your light. Instead of walking around in darkness, being darkness, that we will be the light that people see and that they will come to. Because this world needs the light, Lord. So I ask you to move us to do exactly that. And make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.